Foot pass, needing seven yards. Breeze, throws, and it's What's going on, guys? Welcome back inside another episode of Big Easy in the Big Apple with your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Follow me on Twitter at Rosvoglu Report and at Instagram at uh, Big Easy underscore Big Apple. That's subject to change, though, and I'll tell you why uh, later on in the show. But before I get into you know news about the podcast and what's next, what's to come, and talk about this report about the Saints potentially drafting not one, but two wide receivers um, with their first two picks in the draft. Uh, I want to talk about a, a topic that people have been very, um, uh, you know, very hot and cold on. And, you know, one side, you have one side of the spectrum where I could see it and the other side where maybe they're a little harsh. And the topic at hand is Alvin Kamara and whether or not the Saints should trade him. And here's the reality. And I, I totally agree with anyone who ever thinks you don't, prioritize the running back position I agree with you because at the end of the day it's running back by committee uh and it's about cheap labor as horrible as it sounds but that's the the name of the game um and I get that but I also think it's funny that there's a side of that you know group who thinks it's all about cheap labor it's all about winning games without having to pay so much for running backs but don't realize at the same time the Saints best shot at winning this year is with 41 in the backfield and I totally get if you don't want to pay Kamara. He's coming off his worst season as a pro, which is saying something because he still had over 1,300 scrimmage yards. He had 80-plus receptions. He had 81 receptions every single season, which is just some really crazy stuff right there. But I totally get it. He did not have a good year. But I think it's funny that people just try to overlook what people have done and what they've shown you they can do and can still do at high level just because of one bad year with and, and the bad year, we're not even giving the full context. The reality was he was hurt. And I laugh at people who say, oh, well, Sean Payton said he wasn't hurt. Sean Payton's the same dude who said the Saints weren't looking at Antonio Brown. A couple months later, brings in Antonio Brown for a visit, gets asked about saying they didn't have interest in Antonio Brown, and his response was, I was probably lying to you. Like, Sean Payton's not going to tell you the truth. Why would he say that Alvin Kamara's hurt? He's not going to admit it. But AK was hurt because... If for the first two years, I see that someone's explosive and they're breaking tackles and they're making men miss, and I see that the first couple of weeks of the, the third season, and then all of a sudden, he tweaks his ankle, he tweaks his knee, and he's on the injury report, misses a couple of games, and he doesn't... He's he's said multiple times, um, health is wealth, and he's made it a bucks. And this is... There's a couple of reasons why. I think more than anything, um, the same... If you want to win, your best shot's with Alvin Kamara. Because in order to win... A Super Bowl, you need talented players who just get you got to get the ball in their hands and let them do their magic. And we saw that this year with the Chiefs, they got their quarterback, but not only do they have their quarterback, they have the playmakers to complement him. They have a Travis Kelsey who's an amazing pass catcher, they have a Tyreek Hill who they could put all over the backfield, they have a Sammy Watkins, they have a Damian Williams, like they have playmakers everywhere. The Saints have their quarterback, they have their wide receiver, they have the best wide receiver in football. What Kamara is able to do when he's healthy, 
is just exceptional. He's able to get you 80-plus catches. He's able to get you 700, 800 receiving yards. He's able to get you another 700, 800 rushing yards. He's able to get you double-digit touchdowns. Like, there's so many things that Alvin Kamara can do. Um, He's so versatile. And that brings me to my second thing. Running backs, there are plenty of good ones in this league. I understand that 100%. But there aren't that many that can do what Alvin Kamara does. And that's take the ball from here at the 20-yard line, on our own 20-yard line, and bring it all the way to the opposing 20-yard line in a different way. There's not a lot of running backs who you can use between the tackles and also throw in the slot. There's not a lot of running backs who are able to run as many routes as Alvin Kamara does. He, he brings a lot to the table, and I don't think that's being discussed enough. And my third reason, I think it's the most important one, running back contracts are never going to be as lucrative as they were the last couple of seasons, because here's why. The Rams paid Todd Gurley. How's that working out for them? Not great. They might get his contract off the books if they can. Can you drink? All right, well, how about Zeke? Zeke's, you know, the top guy, uh, you know, compared to his standards, didn't play well at all. And now Dallas is in there with a six-year, $90 million deal, and I'm pretty sure they were great. Eric McKinnon, Niners haven't gotten any production out of him. How about Le'Veon Bell? Jets already want to trade. Her average salary is going to drop. Alvin Kamara could want $15 million a year, but if this was a couple years ago, I'd say there's a reason to trade Kamara because someone would pay him so different now. And I know everyone thinks AK is going to break the bank and maybe he might shock us and do it. But I genuinely feel with the way running backs are going, the salary demands, they're not going to be as high because they have to understand where they're at. The last four big contracts, David Johnson, Zeke, Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, they have not worked out. And even if you go, you know, past the big four contracts, and you look at the sub-tier ones like Jarek McKinnon, Devontae Freeman, they're not working out. And we see that cheap labor and a running back by committee is the name of the game. I mean, the Niners, had, yeah, they paid Jarek McKinnon, but he didn't play this year. It was all about Raheem Mostert and Matt Breida and Jeff Wilson and Tevin Coleman. That's what it's all about. And the Saints know that better than anyone. They made a Super Bowl with Reggie Bush on a rookie deal, with Pierre Thomas on a cheap deal. They had guys. And I think people have to realize that Kamara gives the Saints the best chance to win. That's first and foremost. But second, he's not going to get, you know, three-year 45 or four years 60 or whatever the heck he thinks he might have gotten a couple years ago. It's just not going to happen. Um, And maybe he wants to hold out. That's fine and dandy if he wants to do that. But I just don't see a situation where he's going to get a big contract. I think the running back position has been screwed over by the fact that Gurley hasn't produced, Zeke hasn't produced, Johnson hasn't produced, Le'Veon had his worst year. Like, it happens. And it's actually a beneficial thing for the Saints. Um, But I think you're kidding yourself. If you genuinely think the best chance the Saints have of winning this year is trading their third-best offensive guy, I just don't see how that scenario works. I just don't. I'll never get it. Now, I want to switch gears to this. And I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I think it would just be you know, stupid of me to just go out rambling on a topic that we don't have much information on right now. But that's the Saints making Michael Hodges their linebackers coach. He's going to replace Mike Nolan, who went to Dallas. He's going to be the defensive coordinator for Mike McCarthy and those boys. Michael Hodges isn't a flashy name, and not a lot of people knew him. And he's one of those guys where you probably need to search up one of those, you know, what to know about Michael Hodges type linebacker. And here's the deal. He's got college experience. He's got coaching experience in the NFL. And more importantly, he's got familiarity with the Saints. He's been with the Saints since the 2017-18 season. um, And he was an assistant linebackers coach for Mike Nolan this past year. And what I love about this one 
is that immediately after he's hired, you got guys like Alex Anzalone going on Twitter, giving their, you know, stamp of approval. That's big. Uh, because I think the most underrated storyline about the Saints becoming a playoff contender um, on a yearly basis again, it's the way the linebackers have played. And coaching means a lot, and so does picking up players. I mean, you need that to Mario Davis. You need AJ Klein's communication skills. You need a Kiko Alonso. Totally get that. But a lot of it, it was also coaching. And if you lose Mike Nolan, who's well-respected and clearly did a really good job with the Saints, you have to find someone who has the same philosophies as him and who go, who better than his assistant. And what I like about Hodges is he's still relatively young. He's got room to grow. I think players will relate to him because, I mean, his playing days were a decade ago, a little bit less than a decade ago. So, like, it's not that far off. Um, and I really like the hire. I like it better when the Saints don't go flashy. I think it always works for them. People didn't relatively love bringing Dennis Allen back, but it worked. People don't, right? They don't. They stick with what they got. It works. Um, a lot of people weren't sure. Glenn, and I'll never understand it, but he's been a really good secondary coach for the Saints. I think Hodges got to get better at that. And I've addressed it before. The Saints need to either get a new linebacker in free agency. They're not going to keep going on and rambling on and on about a guy who hasn't showed us what he can be as a full-time positions coach. But I got to tell you, there's no reason to complain about this move um, right now. Now, when we come out of the break, I'm going to talk about what's next for the podcast. Now, nothing's changing in terms of content. Um, There will be a few upgrades and additions, and I'll speak about that in a little bit. Um, as well as some ideas that I'm going to bounce off and let you guys know about, but nothing to worry about. No subject change, no nothing. It's still going to be all saints, just saints every week. Um, so I'll talk about that right after this short break. And we're back inside the second half of Big Easy in the Big Apple once again. Your host, Chris Rizvoglu. Now, if you like the podcast, you like all the content on on a weekly basis, make sure to subscribe, leave five stars, leave a review uh, if you feel so kind to do so. But make sure to subscribe because that's the quickest way to get every episode up to date on the podcast. Now, before I talk about you know questions on Twitter that I got, talk about uh, an underrated need that the Saints have going into the draft, and discuss this report about the Saints potentially drafting two wide receivers. I'm just going to give you a little hint of what's to come on this show. But for starters, here's the main deal here. I am most likely going to change the name of this podcast, and it has nothing to do with not liking the current name right now. I just think for branding and such, I think it would just be a little bit beneficial for me to change it um, and make it a little bit tighter than it is right now. I still love the current format and the way it is, um, and I'm not going to change that. I'm still going to talk Saints. The format will be the same. What I am going to change, or at least I'm hoping to uh, get this started within the next month or so, uh, because I think you guys will really enjoy it, is having a call-in system. I will have two to three people a show that I'm going to pick that will call in. Uh, they can give me their question. They can give me their take. I'll have them on for a minute or two to debate with them. Uh, and then that will be that. And I just think it's a fun way to incorporate listeners each show. Um, and I'll switch it up. I will keep rotating. So it's not the same person every time. Do not worry about that. Um, but that's something I really want to get involved in. I've spoken to a couple of you guys about that. And you guys have told me you'd love to get on the show. And I think that'd be a way of doing that. So I really want to get that going. I want to change the name. And third thing that I definitely want to get for you guys um, is probably changing up and getting some merch. And I'll figure that one out. That's probably the toughest thing that I'll have to do, but I will definitely figure that one out for sure. Um, Now, without further ado, let's get into that report about the Saints. So Tony Pauline from the, I believe it's NFL, uh, 
I'm sorry, Pro Football Network. He's also with Benjamin Albright, another NFL insider there. He was saying that there's a report going around, totally believe it, that the Saints, you know, have such a big need for wide receiver, they could draft two in this in this upcoming draft. Uh, maybe they could select two. You never know. What I did find the most fascinating part was Pauline's report said their first and third round pick. So their first two picks, because they don't have a second rounder in this draft. Those would be the ones they use in wide receiver. That's the part where I'm a little bit skeptical about. And I think you have to take any type of draft rumor with a grain of salt because free agency comes first. Needs change after free agency. When they get to the draft, it could be a whole different team, a whole new, a whole new outlook. For example, I'm saying the Saints need a linebacker. If the Saints sign a guy like Kwiatkowski from Chicago in free agency, they probably don't need to draft a linebacker. So there goes one need. Like it's just, it, it all depends on what happens. Um, it's circumstantial. So we'll see what happens in that in that regard. But here's the thing. A lot of people were asking me, well, is it stupid to draft two wide receivers? My answer is going to be no, because you have to trust what the Saints do. And if they believe that this wide receiver class is so talented, they're going to double dip and hope that they either both hit or one hits for the rookie year. I'm fine with it. But this is what I think is going to happen. And people could disagree. That's fine. It's my opinion. You can have an opinion on my opinion. That's, that's totally okay. I think the Saints are going to use the 24th pick on someone that's not a wide receiver. And here's why. The most talented position in this draft is the wideout position. There are 25 to 30 wideouts where I look at them and I'm like, they might have a good future in the NFL. There's a good 15 that I really like and I think they're going to pop and they're going to be great from year one. There's 10 that are game changers from the minute they step on the floor and then there's the five that you know, probably a bona fide star. You got your your Henry Ruggs, um, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, LaVisca Chenault, J- Justin Jefferson. You have those guys where you put them on the field day one, you know they're going to they're gonna do really well. The Saints might be looking at it and say, look, we got the best wide receiver in Michael Thomas. We don't need another Batman. Batman needs his Robin. And you can get Batman's Robin later on in the draft. And that could be a player like Donovan Peoples-Jones. That could be Van Jefferson. It could be KJ Hill. It could be Denzel Mims from Baylor. It could be Isaiah Hodgins from Oregon State. There are so many wide receivers in this draft class where if I'm the Saints, I don't think I have to draft one in the first round. Now, I will preface this by saying this. LaVisca Chenault is there at 24. I think the Saints have to strongly consider taking him because he's a dude. You line him up as a running back. You line him up as a receiver. You put him in a slot. You put him outside. You give him the ball and end around. They can move him in so many ways. I think Sean Payton would have a field day with him in the backfield and using him as a wide receiver. I think that'd be fun. It'd be a really good marriage between the two. But the Saints don't have to feel pressure to take a, a receiver with the first pick in their in this draft. Now, they need to take one, and I think they will. But there's names where they can get in the third round. Or the Saints can do what they've been doing the last couple of years. The Saints liked Von Bell in the second round. They traded up to get him when they already used their first one on Michael Thomas. The Saints liked Eric McCoy when they didn't have a second round pick. They traded this year's assets to get up and get Eric McCoy. The Saints liked Alvin Kamara in the third round when they had already they had a weight on their pick. They traded up and snagged him early in the third. When the Saints see someone they like and he's a position of need, they grab him. And that's why I think the Saints can go O-line or defense or heck, Jordan Love at 24 if he's available. And then if you see a guy you like in the second round, if Peoples-Jones is there, if Van Jefferson or KJ Hill, if anyone's there that you like, and you feel the need to jump up, KJ Hamler, I don't care who it is, you could do it. And I think the Saints have shown that. And I think that's why, if I'm just going to make a prediction right now, what I feel on February 25th, and we are two months away from the draft, what I feel will happen, I think that's it. I think the Saints take a BPA, or they go quarterback, and they say, you know what? Why not add, Why not trade up for the receiver we like? Because the Saints can simply add a veteran in free agency, 
then draft another one in the second round or third round if they trade up with Michael Thomas, with Kamara, with Jared Cook, that's a good team. That's a really good team. Um, and, and I think that's what it's all about. And, and I think that is the blueprint for this New Orleans team. If they are going to make a run at this again, I think that's it. Now, if they draft one with the first round pick, this is the last time I'm going to say it, I would not be mad at all. I'm at the point where I'm, I'm very much at peace with whatever decision the Saints make. The only pick that would aggravate the heck out of me is that the Saints either one, took a running back, or two, took a tight end. And I'm here to tell you, I don't see either one of those happening with that first round pick. And especially for tight end and running back, I mean with their first round pick. Later in the draft, I'm all for it. I'm always for it. But those would be the positions that bother me. Now that said, I mentioned tight end, you know, as a first round pick and why I would hate it. That position has really gone under the radar for the Saints. And a lot of people are sweeping it under the rug. Now there are people who I've spoken to on Twitter a lot and they bring it up. We need a tight end. And my, my guy Ross Jackson from Lockdown Saints is one of those guys. And he always brings it up that, you know, Harrison Bryant's a nice name here. Adam Trotman from Dayton's a nice name there. Those are two guys who I have my eye on. Another one I'll give you, his name, Josiah DeGuara from Cincinnati and, and Mitchell Wilcox from South Florida. Those are guys where not only do I like them as receivers, what I really like is their toughness and their ability to block. Um, and the first three for me, I love Trotman, I love Bryant, and I love DeGuara. And the Saints have Jared Cook. And Jared Cook played great last year, and he came on strong at the end of the season. And he looks to be a good tight end for next year. Tight end one, for sure. Josh Hill is not getting any younger. Josh Hill, unfortunately, has suffered a lot of concussions. We're at a point with him where I'm very concerned for his well-being. And I don't know how many more years he has left. And even if he does have a couple years left, it's always good to think ahead. And Cook only has a year left on his contract. If you're the Saints, you need to be forward thinkers. So what do you do? In this draft, I say you get a guy that not only can block, but has great potential. And in a year or two from now, we can look at them as a pass-catching tight end that can make noise um, in the passing game. That's what you want. And that's why I really like DeGuara, I really like Bryant, and I really like Troutman. I think Troutman probably, for me, is the guy that I love the most because you pop on the tape and you're like, you know what, a Dayton football player should not be you know, jumping off the screen, but he does. And what I loved, I think he said it either yesterday or uh, it might have even been today, but he was talking about why he loves blocking so much and why just being that tough guy um, really brings out the best in him. And I think... For the Saints, they can use that. They need that attitude. They need that toughness. This is a team that's been through three really heartbreaking finishes. And the only way you get through this is you add guys with that type of mentality. Reason being is we all love C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Why do we love him though? Because that kid does not back down. He literally gets in everyone's face. He challenges his opponent on a weekly basis. You need that type of energy and Trotman brings it. And he's not going to be nearly as good as the guy I just mentioned. But Trotman... If you watch him, you're going to see a little George Kittle in him. A guy who wants to block. And a guy who, when he doesn't want to block, when he doesn't have to, and they tell him to go run a route, he's going to run it pretty well and he's going to make a big play. And the Saints need that. That's where this game is going. Um, And to add another weapon to use over the middle of the field, using the red zone, it only helps your offense. It only helps Drew Brees. It only helps Sean Payton. And this is a win-now team. And you got to put all your chips in. That might be a piece that does it. And the only reason I'm bringing that up is because we're all talking about linebackers, talking about wide receivers, we're talking about offensive line. Heck, we've talked about quarterback and what's to come. A lot of people just forget about tight end, and the Saints need to figure out a succession plan, not only for Jared Cook, but just for the future in general. You can't, you can never be satisfied with what you have at a position. You just can't. You can't. If teams are satisfied with what they had at a certain position, they just give up. Heck, 
the Chiefs could have been satisfied that they had Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey um, and Robinson. And guess what? Then they just drafted Nicole Hardman because Nicole Hardman's a beast. He can move in a lot of different ways. He's versatile. It never hurts to keep adding. You just got to do it. Heck, we, we think the Saints have a good O-line, right? I keep telling you guys every time I want that 24th pick to be an offensive lineman. Why? Because you never know when you need them. And you always want to be a step ahead. You always want to. So that's why, me personally, I, I, I'm all aboard getting a tight end, um, helping out the future, helping out the present. It all works out there. Um, now, before I wrap up the show, just a couple of questions I want to answer from you guys on Twitter. I want to make sure I hit those before I log off here. My first one's from Brendan Ertle. And by the way, if you're not fo- following Brendan already, please do so. At Brendan underscore Ertle, spelled out for you, B-R-E-N-D-E-N underscore E-R-T-L-E. Brendan's a great guy. Not only is he a great writer, good podcast as well. Just an overall really good dude, really supportive guy. Uh, love everything he does there. And he was asking, and I, I already talked about it on social media with him, but I'm going to bring it up so you guys can hear it on the podcast. He said, if you're picking at 24 and these wide receivers are available, who are you taking? Justin Jefferson, LaVisca uh, Sinolt, T. Higgins, Henry Ruggs. Without a doubt, I said Henry Ruggs. And I don't think Henry Ruggs is going to be available at 24. But in this hypothetical situation brought to us by Brendan, I'm taking Henry Ruggs. His speed with Michael Thomas would be absolutely insane. I don't know how you stop it. You probably can't. Um, but if you can't take Ruggs, I think you go LaVisca uh, or Justin Jefferson. Those are the two for me that I really like a lot. Um, I know Saints fans kill me every time I say LaVisca because, J, uh, you know, Jay Jets is an LSU kid. And I, I love LSU. You know I do. Um, but LaVisca's just, they could put him in so many different packages um, that I really like him. And the, the other question I want to get to from another Brandon um, he said, if Sean and Mickey Loomis try to trade up to the second, is there a player under contract who's good enough to be valued in that trade, but expendable to the Saints roster, or they simply have to trade future assets for a possible wide receiver? So they have guys they could trade that have good value. And, and Marcus Williams, for me, is the one that comes off the top of my head in terms of good value. But I think the Saints have made it very clear what they think about Marcus Williams. They like him. They like him a lot. And he's a good safety. And I have said some things about him that have been nasty. Totally get it. Heat of a moment stuff. And I still have some type of, you know... Um, resentment with Marcus Williams' tackling ability, but he's a good safety. And he probably would be worth a second or a third round pick to some teams, but they're not going to trade him um, because he's their best free safety. He's their only free safety they really got right now, unless you're ready to move one of those guys back to that spot, and I don't think you are. So I, I think it's more towards the latter, Brandon. I think you're you're trading future assets, kind of like what you did for Eric McCoy. And the Saints have a knack for being able to do that. You just keep kicking the can down the road. Will it eventually cost you? Maybe, but... If you're great about it and you're tactical with everything you do, I think it works out. So if the Saints want to, they see a guy they like, trade this third and next year's third, and you move into the second, late second round, heck, go for it. I, I think stuff like that can work, um, especially for the Saints team and the way Loomis and Sean Payne operate. But I'd definitely go with the latter there. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for the questions um, for the most part. I know in this offseason it's hard to even come up with anything for the fact. So for the fact that you did, definitely appreciate it as always. But stay tuned for updated content because i'm obviously going to change the format around here and i'll keep you guys updated on twitter when i make the full change in terms of name phone in system i'll give you guys the number to call um and what we're doing around here for the podcast but that's going to do it for this episode i want to thank you guys so much for listening as always stay tuned for more saints content if something breaks i'll have an emergency podcast as always but until then we're just waiting for more news and we're only well let's do the math here about three weeks away from free agency when all the fun begins with this saints team and we'll see who's going who's coming 
new faces coming to town, old faces leaving. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens, but it'll definitely be a good one. So thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you join the rest of the week, and I'll be back to talk more Saints football with you guys next Monday.